0: Found it. This is the Tidbits Podcast with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Well, looking here, it is a Tuesday edition of Tidbits, the 22nd day of August. And good morning to you, Matthew. <laughs> Sending more That sounds normal. <laughs> That doesn't you seem shaking it, and the guts are gonna come loose and then you won't have a microphone. So I'll have to use that one. Yeah, you, uh, you don't want that one. No. So here we are. Both of us are dressed appropriately for hot weather. Yes, dark, we are. Dark shirts. <laughs> dark shirts, dark hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's fine. We're perfect. That's yeah, good. <laughs> so um I was looking through our material, and something that they don't regularly report on are near misses of aircraft. Yeah. And uh, dozens have been occurring in the U.S. last month. The number of incidents which have taken place this year, 46 close calls in July. 46. Wow. What's their definition of a close call? Well, you know. I've I've flown before and I've looked out the window and I see a smaller craft underneath of us that yeah. passes or yeah. but again that's probably several thousand feet mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. let's uh, see if it does give us here's an example all right several cases of aircraft almost colliding during takeoff or landing at major airports so it's getting kind of you know a cluster there right. I can't imagine being an air traffic controller. You know, I just... Others include mid-air, near-miss between two planes traveling in excess of 500 miles per hour. 500 miles per hour. Gosh. If if your airspeed was that, yeah. you'd be, you know, it doesn't come near 500 while you're in the air. In fact, the pilot yeah, says does. he has to back off because we're, we're too early. Why can't you be early? <laughs> okay. You know, because if you get early, okay. then you just waste your time circling until they tell you oh, to land. Okay. <laughs> Industry workers have blamed a shortage of air traffic controllers, which has forced many in the profession to work mandatory overtime. Now, if you're working overtime and you got to be on your best, that can't be easy. It can't be. The demands of the job have left some burned out and even using alcohol and sleeping pills to relieve stress. You know, I... Wow. 99% of air traffic control facilities in the U.S. are understaffed, that according to the New York Times, which found 310... Out of 313, do not have enough workers. Dang. And again, do you really want that job? My, my college roommate, you know, from just as aircraft was invented, wanted to, uh, <laughs> no. <It> was, <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> it, he wanted to be an air traffic controller. Well, yeah. That was what he wanted to do. It was a good paying job. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, again, very stringent. Yeah. On the requirements. Unfortunately, he was uh, caught with booze on campus and uh, didn't have a shot at that. So he ended he up... Was getting a head start. Being a banker for his uh, father-in-law, which is... I, I know he had to take a severe pay cut being a major <laughs> banker. You know, so... <laughs> oh, the poor guy. So, <laughs> some, including New York's regional facility and a Philadelphia Tower are operating at about 60% of staff or less. Man, So that's, you plan to do some flying in the not-too-distant future. This is true. I'm not trying to give you the yips, just giving you the heads up, okay? You know, what I think would be interesting if they'd let you, because aircraft used to be built for several, it's kind of like trains, okay? okay? Yeah. Used to be, you'd had your, you know, your engineer, your conductor, you had brakemen, you had firemen, you had, sure. you know, at least five or six guys per train. Mm-hmm. Now it's down to two. They want to whittle it to just one, basically. One dude. If they had their way, that's what it would be. It used to be aircraft. You used to have, you know, you had you, know, you had a pilot, co-pilot. Navigator. Now, you, you, you had a comms operator. You had these different positions. Machine gunners. And seats. Yeah. You know, do they still have extra seats? And now trains are so long that they've got an engine in the middle. It's true. You know, it's like good grief. And one guy trying to take, you know, yeah, walking a train. Oh, you got issues. You got oh, to walk it. and You know, it's like, it's terrible. Right. <clears throat> so I can't, I just can't imagine. I remember when I was in high school, though. It was it was a big deal because air traffic controllers didn't they average like six figures. Oh, it was up yeah, they were and that's years ago. Yeah. You know. Now I don't know how much they make now, but back then and maybe their pay's not grown accordingly, I doubt yeah. it. But again, you know, it's just a lot of pressure. You've got hundreds of lives in your hands, basically. Every day. If you start to overthinking you'll panic and, you know. The average salary okay. for an air traffic controller go. is 84435 as of July of this year. The salary range typically falls between 69000 and 103000 So we were misled? I guess so. Yeah, I remember, you know, back in the day. Oh, oh, here we go. Okay, here. In 2021. All right. The average annual salary for a controller was one hundred thirty eight thousand okay. dollars. Now where did you what was that from your figures? Nineteen sixty-eight? <laughs> no. When you were still smoking, you know. <laughs> the highest paid air traffic okay. controller made two hundred and nineteen thousand in twenty twenty two. Now see that's good money, but again You're probably long in the tooth. Grumpy. Probably you know, it's like, You know, they take charge when there's a situation at the airport, like we see in airplanes. Air traffic controllers (laughs) are required to retire at age 56. You've got to quit. You've got to quit. The FAA won't hire anyone older than 31. Wow, I didn't know that. Because they want candidates to have at least a 25-year career path. There you go. So if you... Of course, you know, I barely miss the age requirements, (laughs) you know, so. Right. (laughs) But I didn't realize they, they, you couldn't work past 56. A lot of the guys they show in the movies, they look long in the tooth in there. Maybe they just look old because of the pressure. It could be. (laughs) Could (laughs) be. Now the median pay. Okay. Median. Which is different than average. Yeah. Median pay is 129000 Okay. Now, what? How? That's far different than your first story. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's a huge... Well, there's probably smaller regional oh. that aren't paying $200,000 I mean, a year. Probably a lot, of, a lot less pressure. Yeah. You know, I could, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I just wouldn't want to do it. He did, but he never made the cut. And like I said, he had to take a lousy banker's job. Apparently, uh, there's 22,900 air traffic controllers. Is that right? That many? Well, it just says number of jobs. Okay. So. But again, they're low. Yeah. So, they need a lot of help. So, if you're in that age range, you may want to look at that as a career path. If you can handle the pressure, you know, you've got to really, I would think the, the training has to be extensive. And the first day they cut you loose on your own, wouldn't that... It, it, it's just, and you know, you know, when you're brand new on a job, you always feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Anytime I've ever tried to change career paths, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm a fish out of water and nothing seems to go right. Mm-hmm. And I I just can't imagine being, you have to call your boss. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <You> know, <it's, laughs> Pilots are barking at you, yeah. you know and then you you know you start thinking overthinking there's 265 souls they always say souls soul yeah yeah on that plane so i don't know I, good uh, good job for those that do it but at that age though eventually we're going to run out aren't we i would think i mean but also okay how much computer-aided, you know it's got to be better than it used it to be it has to be when you just use radar blips right right <laughs> When you, <laughs> I can't imagine, you know, just reading radar blips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised, really, through the history of air air travel, that there just haven't been that many more disasters. Because really, if you think about the number of flights, and oh yeah, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It really is. You know, just a day here in the states, how many flights? Mm-hmm. So it is. 636, a quick break, and more tidbits. This is Tidbits. It is a Tuesday edition of Tidbits. Now we move along to a 40 year old fella not a 40-year-old virgin, by the way, that was a movie, says that he's addicted to eating raw meat and spends over $9,000 a year to fund this unusual diet. In the season finale of TLC's My Strange Addiction, Still Addicted, (laughs) which airs on Wednesday, this fella admits that he feasts on at least four pounds of raw meat a week. He said in four years, he's eaten about 100 raw chickens, and he's never been sick once. <laughs> in fact, he says, I've never met any other raw meat eaters. I thought we had a story about this, yeah, about had, a guy like that. We've had, there have been some reports. Yeah. Now, this guy says, you know, he was kind of a, well, his mom, Lori, says that he was suffering from a lot of physical ailments. Just not being able to think clearly. Lethargic. Maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the guy we had. Yeah. yeah. Just, just not healthy, this guy wasn't. Mm. Eventually, he started feeling not energetic, and his mood was all up and down. He had skin problems all over the place and rashes. Things were getting really weird. Said he had this horrible headache. He thought it was an aneurysm or something. I would go through that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, is this it? Is this it? <laughs> I, you know, I, you this know, the end. I always think... You know, <laughs> and then had a major seizure where he fell down on top of his face and shattered his jaw in three places and cracked 12 of his teeth in half. That in and of itself is terrible. This sounds like a kid making up, you know, like what his uncle did. His uncle. (laughs) Well, my uncle fell down the stairs and broke his jaw and broke 12 of his teeth in half. now, this happened to this guy. Now, but you're, sound- you're being mean. <laughs> but, okay? You're being mean. <laughs> okay? But doesn't it sound like that? Like it's... Well, it's... He says, the first place I looked was through nutrition. Says he heard about this diet of people eating raw meat. It was the fastest way to heal your body, the best way to get nutrients. So he went ahead and rolled with it. Eating raw or uncooked meat, of course, can... And we hear of this all the time. Right. Salmonella, (laughs) okay, a bacterial disease that affects the intestinal tract and sends just over 26,000 people to the hospital yearly. Now, according to the Mayo Clinic, possible symptoms of salmonella, (laughs) diarrhea, (coughs) stomach cramps, (laughs) fever, nausea, Mm. vomiting, Mm. chills, headache, and blood in the stool. (laughs) Now I don't know about you, but when I've prepared chicken, yeah, I can't stand the smell of it when it's raw. Yeah. It just smells weird. It does smell weird. You're right. Now how are you, and this guy's they got a picture of him feasting on a whole chicken, eating it raw. I can't stand the smell of it. I couldn't do that. I just couldn't. Not chicken. At least you know, give me an outer coating. Is he eating, is he eating it frozen? Like, is it somewhat like a chicken popsicle? Like, is it? <laughs> He's not doing that, is he? I don't know. Is it frozen? Is it? No, surely. Is that not the, key? the way it looks? Is that the key? I don't think so. I mean, that, that obviously is not frozen in yeah, that bottom so. picture. Yeah. And again, imagine the smell of that turkey at Thanksgiving before you do anything with it. It just smells weird. It does smell weird. Chicken smells weird. Poultry just smells weird. And I just couldn't eat it like that. I told you of my ill effects from the one time I had uncooked, you know, wasn't <laughs> fully cooked. Yeah. Now yeah. I'd be doing that every day if I was on his diet. Yes. Imagine. Imagine <laughs> the life you'd leave. Oh, well, it'd be great. It's, I'd at least have to have it outerly cooked. How is he not getting sick? He's not. My uncle eats raw meat all the time. He never gets sick. He eats a whole chicken, just eats raw. <laughs> Reminds me of the kid I knew. Oh, his uncle. He could throw a grenade a mile. See? <laughs> a grenade. He could throw it a mile. Mikowski. <laughs> Pop that. <laughs> Pop that nest up there. It's about a mile. <laughs> okay, sir, I'm on it. I don't know. I don't know. Now, my sister was gross. I mean, she was just a gross girl. Sure. And we'd go fishing for, like, catfish. Right. And have liver. Mm-hmm. And she and she would eat some of that raw liver. Are you serious? I'm not kidding you. Come on. She'd also eat no. a hamburger. No. I'm not kidding. Why? She was weird. Did it ever make her sick? No, doesn't appear to. She was just a weirdo. <laughs> okay, you know that's why we, <laughs> as children, just you know, didn't click. Sure, till adulthood. She was a weird. You know, it was just all right. Liver. You're out there a fishing, fishing and she's like, and she's, <laughs> she's so eating gross. the bait, Matt. <laughs> that is so gross. Now we've heard the you know the benefits of meal warm. Yeah, but well, that's true. That Maybe is true. you and I could go fish for some bluegill and have a snack. <laughs> um, some for me, some for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Could no, you thanks. do it? Could no, you? absolutely not, man. Now, what about steak? Would you get it done? I mean, do you ever get one that's that's bloody? Do you like a... I do, I do about a medium. Okay, okay. So there's still some. Yeah. But yeah. it's just not still mooing. Right. And it's not blood. It's... I can't remember the word it's called, but it's, it's some sort of. Aju? Yeah, it's azu. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What is aju? Aju is like. Uh, what's the difference? Like when you. get it off the meat? When you cook You're it. it's dunking it in the meat, aren't the Meat juice. It's Isn't like it meat, meat juice? But you add, like you, you cook oh, it you down. you stuff. You cook it down and you, you kind of reduce it some more and that's azu. Okay. I just thought it was meat juice. Nothing else added. You just, you're d- dunking your bun in there or whatever in your au jus. Why do they give that to you when you get like a, like a prime rib? You always get, why do you get that? Why do you get that with a prime rib? It's just good. Is it? I've yeah. Never, I've never used it. It's a French thing. I mean, you. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I've always seen it there. You never got it? You never get the I little... don't. I don't use it. Did you ever get a French dip somewhere? that you got like know. sliced meat and then you know me you dip it in your little just give me some bland you well, that's know that's true i don't need flavor matt yeah. i don't it's like putting ketchup on a fry you're ruining it steak sauce on steak you're mm. ruining it hot sauce on your eggs you're ruining them <laughs> So a doing- uh, jus is uh, da, 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 the drippings of a beef roast. Worcestershire <laughs> 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 sure, sure, sure not your Oh, you add that. Beef broth were the juices uh, from roast beef and red wine. Okay. So basically, if I ever can afford a prime rib again, and that's only happened to me, I remember it on just like two occasions. Sure. Okay. Because I'm really not that fond of prime rib, to be honest with you. But it's... So, basically, I should drink it. There's wine in it. You don't drink it. Oh. Hi, So Okay, so you're cutting. All right. Now, are you the guy? Okay. Do you cut your meat, still hold your knife, and then take a bite? Or do you put your... I put my knife down every time I cut. I never hold the knife and my fork at the same time other than to cut. Let me think. All right. Because I see people on TV. They're holding their knife. And they're just, you know, they're just eating with the knife still in their hand. You cut up all your meat and then put your knife down, or do you? <laughs> no, I just go one at a time. One at a time. Yeah, I think I hold mine. Okay, so you keep yours. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like why on TV when you've got migraine headaches and they show you driving a car and you take your sunglasses off, all you do is smile. Do you find yourself? constantly smiling while you're driving it's like where did where did, where did this go? no i'm just commercial <laughs> I, I, you know this is based stuff. commercials we just took watching, a left turn, man. <laughs> watching people eat meat All and right. they always hold their you know i don't ever do that i cut so, so you cut put the knife down put the and knife then, down yes and eat yeah then you pick it back up of course cut, ta- well you know me it just it's a like a dog and it's gone <laughs> So it's time consuming. Yeah, you know, but so what's what's the right way to do it? I don't know. Okay, I, I, it'd be interesting what our listeners, if they hold their knife, while they're cutting. You know, of course you use it to cut, and then do you just hang on to that knife? Of course, my grandpa used to eat peas off a knife. Yeah, what's that all about? Yeah, you just being a wise guy? Why is eating peas? <laughs> That's, that's your question, Wait. let alone off a knife what's wrong with you <laughs> old man i don't i don't know if there's an etiquette when dividing food into bites all right here we go the knife is typically hand, held in the right hand right. and used yes. to cut the food while yes. the fork is held in the left hand yes. and used to secure and stead the food while you're cutting okay after a food, piece of food has been cut off it should be placed onto the tines of your fork and moved onto your plate. So you're supposed to cut it all up? I guess I don't I just. All right, here we go. Here okay, we all go. Right. It's also, okay. It is polite to put down utensils in between each bite. I do that. You but you got to put both down. Actually, both. You got to put them both down. So So you take a bite, set them down. (laughs) Pick them up, cut it, bite. Set them down. And of course, you eat like that. Yes, you should Um, always. (laughs) So now, now we know that what you should do is do that. Take your bite with your fork, put it down. So be sure to rest your knife and fork on your plate as you chew. On your plate, okay. Spoon tip, putting your utensils in between bites isn't just good manners. It's good for your body. This technique will help you slow down your eating and be more mindful of each bite. See, now we're learning something new. We absolutely are. So none of us, probably the majority of us, are not eating like savages. guarantee you, the vast majority of us. Now, here's somebody, they cut up all their meat before they begin to eat. And I know people that do that. Is that based on mommy? Okay. Is that based on your mommy doing that? I I was thinking it. I wasn't going to say it. So, Dale. Is that just the way you're used to it? She did that for you until you were 13? Okay. Uh, Until you got married? (laughs) Just, I don't know. Now, I do know people that do that. Right. And I guess it's convenient. And then you can just dab and go and stab Mm -hmm. and go. Right. But again, you're supposed to put both down. Yes. Once once it hits your mouth. Yes, you put it down. On your plate, nicely. nicely. (laughs) You let everyone at the table know that (laughs) you think it's delicious. Then you dab the corners. (laughs) I don't have any idea what proper etiquette is. None of us do. I really don't. Right. And when you've got multiple forks and stuff, it's... You work from the outside. I do that know that what it You go from okay. the outside in. All right. But it's just, I'm always uncomfortable in those environments. And again, I'm very limited to the number of times I've done it mm-hmm. because it's too ritzy. Yeah. You know, me, it's just, you know, do you leave the burger in the wrapper or not? And do you get it on you? A couple of years ago, we went to, <laughs> it was our anniversary. And we went to a very, very fancy okay. restaurant. All right. And I'd never seen this before because, again, I'm like you. I just don't usually go to yeah, these places. Very good. I got a steak, shrimp. Oh, man. It was incredible. Sounds great. Incredible, yeah. Right? And um, as they're clearing the plates away for to bring dessert, yeah. um, this dude, he whips out like this <laughs> metal blade thing. <laughs> I'm like, what's this? And he uses it to scrape all the crumbs. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd never seen I've that. i have never seen that. Yeah. yeah. Like, yo, this is... You were really high-end. Yeah. Wow. A crumb scraper. Yeah. Maybe I'll get you one for Christmas. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, it'll it'll just be a butter knife, but (laughs) but I'll tell you. That's a a grade A crumb scraper. (laughs) (laughs) Paid a lot for that. That's right. (laughs) So there you go, Matt. Some tidbits. We just learned something today, We we did. We did. Maybe all of us have a little more etiquette. Probably not, but maybe. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. This has been Tidbits with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We appreciate you listening, and we ask that you consider subscribing. Leave a comment, leave a like, and thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next time on Tidbits.